Good morning and welcome to the Age Stage. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brody Gazay and we're looking at a pro we're a program that looks at issues and matters affecting older Australians. How are you, Brody? I am getting older. I am getting older by the hour and I'm I don't mind. We all are. I don't mind. Yes. Especially because of this program. Because of the things that we discuss on it, it, it sort of makes me feel it's worth getting older. Yes, I think so. It can be, it's quite liberating, I think. It aging. is. Yeah, it yeah. Is. we learn a lot. We do. It, the, the, you know, while we sit here doing our little program, but the, particularly the guests that we talk to, they've all got something absolutely unique. And I think we're getting a much bigger audience. I think. I think so too. We've audience. had some good feedback. We have, we have had yeah. some good feedback. Yeah. So what's happening today? So today we um, we have uh, our friends that are always here with us, and we also have uh, Lara Anderson, and she's from Vision Australia, and she's going to be talking to us about eye health. Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be really interesting. And then we have Gerald Edmonds, who's um, Secretary-General of the Brain Foundation, and he's going to talk to, about, uh, to talk to us about a healthy brain program that he's... For seniors? I think for anybody, for not anybody. just particularly for seniors. So um, anything to do with your brain is really interesting and, and great to learn about. Given mine, You're wincing. Yeah, I know. Why? <laughs> mine keeps letting me down. I don't think so, Brody. <laughs> well, it does. You'd be the most creative brain in this place. Well, no. But mm. what is one of the most creative things is this in- introduction piece of music because it all belongs to our very close friends. It does. And welcome, Stuart from the Village Baxter. How are you? Hi, Paul. Hi, Brody. Hello, Stuart. This is the second time they've thrown you in at the. I know. No one wants to work. The with me. deep end. We do. We do. I just, just don't get it. My colleagues have abandoned me in my time of need. You know what it is? I think that they've realised the one person who manages the mic best with the greatest level of wisdom is in the room right now, and they are superfluous. <laughs> But you're always here, bro. <laughs> oh, bless. Well, maybe it's time management, Stuart, do you think? M- maybe, it, maybe. It, maybe it is time management. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Peter does send his apologies. He he rang. He's just running a few minutes uh, behind schedule. Yes. He just didn't and want to bring my bottle of wine. That's yeah. what it no, is. That's it. That's, mm. I think he's Dan Murphy's as we speak. <laughs> he probably is, yes. He's getting his early morning tipple. <laughs> no, he's getting the bottle of wine he promised to bring. <laughs> Now, you had a very big weekend last weekend. It, we, uh, the 13 the villages, villages yeah, mm. on the peninsula mm. had their open day. We were blessed with beautiful weather, mm. so that, that was really pleasing. And uh, I certainly know from our perspective at the village Baxter, we had a, a terrific uh, group of people come in, uh, participate in our open day mm-hmm. uh, and market uh, stalls. Both sexes? Both sexes, Stuart, yeah. yeah, both sexes. Yeah. And I was standing in my unit uh, all morning from nine till one, which is just a lot of fun talking to people uh, about the village and about retirement living. Mm-hmm. What was the average age? Average age. Well, I mean, of of the people whom I, I spent time with, so the the serious people who were looking at uh, moving into a retirement village, two of those groups were families, so uh, mm-hmm. son and daughter with them. Uh, and uh, the the others were probably 
in their mid-60s mm-hmm. and there was one who was a lady who was probably in her mid-50s looking to try and secure accommodation for her mother and herself. All right. So, oh. so it was... It was, it was quite an interesting mix of people from yeah. nice, all generations. Yeah. Does that does that happen? Do you have a two bedroom unit where mother and or, or, or parent and sibling but or offspring? Right? Can't say that we've had it before. We certainly have two bedroom units yeah. that have two independent people in there. So two sisters we've had, mm-hmm. two friends. Uh, so to two people there who uh, are not husband and wife, mm-hmm. you know, is is, is not strange. But having a mother and a daughter mm. uh, in the uh, in mm. the unit, that was certainly different. Now, would, we would have no issue uh, about that, uh, providing that she, uh, the, the daughter complies with the requirements to be retired. And, right. yes. And that was not quite going to work uh, at this stage. Yeah. But the concept of the mother moving in and the daughter moving in in a couple of years' time that that uh, is certainly something that we're quite comfortable with. Well, that's forward planning, isn't it, really? Mm, absolutely. Mm. And the reason mum was uh, needing a unit, she uh, had been living with the daughter but went back home up the country, middle of New South Wales, mm. and it had a fall. Oh. And so it became a little bit impossible for her to stay at home. Mm. And so the daughter was looking for somewhere where they could both live together. Mm. And mm. Where did... Where, well, if mother was in the country, where did daughter come from? Uh, daughter's local. Right, so, okay. Um, so, so the family grew up in the country, and now that um, one daughter, one, yes, one daughter uh, is down this way, and, and the other one is up on the Murray, I think it is. So, coming down from middle of New South Wales, mm. uh, certainly down to, to be closer to the daughters, mm-hmm. uh, was going to be useful. And more particularly, the daughter down in this area had uh, more more time and inclination to to spend mm. with mum. Yes, and so do you gather a lot of information, Stuart, at these open days? Yeah, look, we generally what we try and do is educate people. Yes, that I uh, had the pleasure to send someone down to St John's in in Somerville. Why and, Why did you do that? Uh, we couldn't help them. Uh, currently, and they needed accommodation sooner than we could provide. Right, okay. mm. So St John's being local, they they were in the immediate er- immediate area. So we we were more than happy to send them down to uh, to St John's, mm. uh, as as we would send to to any of the villages uh, that that we know well. You know, we're more than happy to send people down to Peter if there's you know clients who want um, something perhaps a bit more opulent than we provide. Mm-hmm. And um, and want to have a good organisation, so mm. so greenways are up in uh, in on Seaford Road, so you know there's there's a lot of good choices uh, in our area, and, and as we've said before, we don't need a sale, so we actually don't need an open day, mm. and that that uh, discourages some people from coming to visit us, but generally people understand, and depending upon what sort of unit you're looking for, you know, our our, our base product of a two-bedroom unit without an attached garage, we can probably accommodate people within 12 months. Right. Mm. Now, our most interesting person of the day was uh, a lady I was talking to uh, as second I client. wonder if she's listening. Uh, I wonder. <laughs> um, she'd actually sold her house and the, the contracts were actually being signed that day, that morning. Oh. And so we did have a bit of a discussion that, 
even if pushed, we were probably going to be unlikely to be able to accommodate you. Mm. So therefore, let's look at other options. Mm. And that, that's why St John's uh, came to mind, because mm-hmm. she, she lived in the, the Somerville area, and uh, and that just seemed a, a logical fit. Mm. Mm. So you know, from our perspective, we would always try and help others. When you say, Stuart, though, you don't need to make a sale, but you know, if you're you know, to do your forward planning, um, and people are looking, you know, like this mother and daughter, a, a long way ahead. So you would have to keep up supply, wouldn't you? So yeah, to speak for a, absolutely, for, you know, yeah. you know, we ha- we have a five year supply of people, yeah, waiting to move into the village yep. currently. Mm. So you know, it is some way off. Yes. So that so we we like to fulfil the role of providing good advice, yeah, uh, and impartial advice. We can draw out the pros and cons of, uh, you know, a number of villages and their mm-hmm. financial arrangements mm. and uh, let people make an informed decision. Well, it was a day of education. Yes. I mean, you, you don't need to come on radio every week, and you do. Mm. And you do to share your knowledge, wisdom and 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 business experience with those people that are facing the questions of, you know, when, where and if and how uh, I need to to think about that part of my life. So... Uh, I hope you continue, you know, whether you need to make a sale or not, I hope you continue to do the, the, uh, the open house events yeah. every year. Uh, will you do them every year or will they sort of become biannual or? or? Well, certainly the, the mini open day, which yeah. is what we're saying now, the peninsula open day, right. uh, is very small in comparison to what we do in October as our yeah. main open mm-hmm. day, yeah. mm-hmm. where we'll have thousands of people come to the village. And on that day, you can be talking to a room of 40 people. Yes. And just so you actually, you know, it's it, a it is day. just, yeah, almost lecturing people about, yeah. okay, what, what have we got? What are your questions? Yeah. Uh, whereas last Saturday, it was really nice and gentle mm-hmm. that you could sit down, um, you know, the most people I would have had in a re- unit at any time would have been, maybe 10, mm-hmm. of whom four really wanted to, to hear about it. Mm. So we just sit at a chair, we just talk about it. Uh, someone would sit beside you, just don't, don't mind if we're eavesdropping, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and just learn that way. So it's a lot more gentle, a lot more focused, which was really nice. Yes. You know, I actually, I probably enjoyed that a little more than just addressing a room of people trying to fend Yes. Questions. So, yes. So it was really a very comfortable day, and time just flew. How did How did Peter go? Do you know? Yep, uh, Pete. I spoke to Pete um, on Monday. In fact, I, I rang him Saturday afternoon to find out how he yeah. how he went. I spoke <laughs> to him again uh, Monday. Yeah, they were very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That a uh, lot of people down there, and and uh, some really really good interest in in what they had on. What about Tom? Did Tom have was Tom part of it? I don't believe so. No, because he's out of the out on the yeah. rim, on. isn't he? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm uncertain. I, I don't recall the, his villages in the the ad, right. but uh, I don't want to do a disservice in mm. that. Mm-hmm. No. But the people I felt uh, a little bit disappointed for was um, Jody and my team out at um, at Cranbourne at oh. Blue Hills because they'd had a fire oh. the previous day, I think it was. Um, made the news, and um, I found, I think it was the Thursday beforehand. What did they lose? Um, well, the way in which it was reported, there were mass evacuations, and 
which was all false. Um, yes, they, they did have a fire. It, it destroyed one of their amenities buildings, mm-hmm. and it was destroyed. There was a really good image mm-hmm. on one of the TV news services just showing it from up above. Yeah. So, so that was a bit uh, disarming for them. But, yeah. but no residents were evacuated. There was no need. They were really pleased the time that it happened because an hour later they would have had 100 school kids in there oh. uh, for swimming lessons. Oh. So that was a blessing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the building site was self-contained, fully burnt, and, um, you know, they, they will just go through the insurance and mm. rebuild. But it's a sort of, you know, thing that... Uh, they were actually in the Burnley Tunnel when they got the news mm-hmm. uh, on their way to the airport. Oh so they did a U-turn where appropriate and uh, then made it back. Mm. But um, but I'm certain that, you know, they would have made the best of a situation for yeah. Open Day. Do you, sorry, Stuart, do you find that um, people arriving are asking for lots of different things, uh, you know, as opposed to, say, last year or the year before? Uh, are the audiences or, the you know, the... The potential residents, you know, their demands changing? I think the biggest change over time has been to clearly explain, okay, what does the value proposition look like? And I hate that phrase. Yeah, mm. yes. You know, what's it going to cost me and what do I get for it? And then, you know, what happens when I want to move out or I need uh, aged mm. care? So I think people are much more focused on those questions and, and understandably, which is why over the the series of shows we've done, you know, we're all keen advocates to try and make disclosure as simple as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the formula, uh, understand what it is and and move on. Understand, you know, that in our case we will keep a third of your money mm. in simple terms. And, mm. and it's as easy as, as to say that. Mm. And so understand and what that, you get for it. Is that the case for most of your type of villages? Oh, no, would, no. 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 So, so some of our, our colleagues have quite complex formulas yeah. uh, that are going to apply, but uh, under, the retor- under the Victorian legislation, of course, you need to give them a simple one-page synopsis. This is how it's going to affect you at, after one year, three years, five years. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we think that's a really good thing that should be adopted nationally mm. because it is a very simple disclosure. At the end of the day, it's all about the money. Yes. And uh, the lifestyle that you get is the advantage. And you can certainly point out the features. One of the things that I did like after my first people uh, on uh, on Saturday, so who arrived about five past nine, uh, oh, the early birds. Keen. Absolutely. Uh, they were walking out and a resident took them into a unit uh, oh. and showed them their home. And uh, they came back and told me just, you know, how nice that was to see it furnished because, mm-hmm. you know, I was standing in an empty unit mm. yeah, with a um, a coffee table and, and, a co- and a few chairs. So to actually see it furnished, you just get a better perspective yeah. yes, you of do. what it looks like. Yeah. It's a bit like when you're building uh, something. When you look at it and you see the uh, the frame go up and you think, you know, that looks really pokey and small. Yes. What am I going to do uh, yeah. with it? But once you actually finish it, and then decorate it. Mm. You know, the, the the place takes on a different dimension. Mm-hmm. The uh, the I understand the thing about money, and you and of course, if it was all as simple as it is as the way that you do it, if it could all be synthesised down to that very simple process, then that wouldn't be your lead question because it would just you know, are you an A, a B, or a C? A, sort of. Yes. 
uh, and then they would get it and they would move, then would move on. Do you think that um, uh, the, the, you are arriving at a point where technology in-house uh, is becoming important? So things like Wi-Fi, now I would think Wi-Fi um, uh, and similar sorts of questions about how to, I'm going to keep in touch with Nana or that sort of thing? Certainly, I think every village has a good internet service mm. um, as, as part of the course. Mm. Most villages would probably have Wi-Fi, at least in the community buildings. Yep. Uh, some residents, certainly at the village Baxter, had their own Wi-Fi within the unit. So it's, it's just a modem and it's inexpensive to do and just makes life e easier for everybody. Mm. You know, the concept of putting a mesh over the over the village is a little problematic for us because it's 75 acres and mm. and you could be talking a lot of money, I'm told, to, mm. to do Wi-Fi throughout. But, uh, but you'd have a bargain, you have a bargaining chip of volume. Yes. So you play that card. Absolutely. And let them put in their own equipment, mm. which sort of makes the most sense, really. Yeah, and certainly, you know, over the years, you know, since we've started doing our own internet, and run our own, I don't know, 100 gig pipe into the village, whatever, whatever yep. the size of wretched thing is. You know, don't ask me. But, um, Clearly you, know. you weren't there at the, te at the technology <laughs> question in my time. I, I, know, I know it is a very thick pipe that comes into the village, and, and it's fast. And wretched, the wretched thing. Well, yeah, you know, what other... You are, we, are, we are locked into having all these... Uh, these gizmos around and, and then we need to power them. Mm. So, um, but you know, we, we can provide a service that's faster than the NBN and have been able to mm. do so for, for, a long time. for 10 years. Mm. Yeah. So, wow. so our resis have, have enjoyed the benefit of that for a long period of time. What we have noticed, we have increased our bandwidth, uh, over the last, uh, six months. Uh, we didn't double it, we quadrupled it. Wow. Because certainly more people uh, downloading, yeah, streaming, yes. downloading, yeah. and and you can see the peaks. Well, you know, we every so often we will look to see the uh, the chart to see just you know how close we're going as to whether or not we need to um, increase our bandwidth even further. Yes, yeah. and um, yeah, it is it is very interesting. Well, there may be a few residents. Do you think, Brody, that might have a Google Home? Well, I think that, I think there could be. I mm. mean, there could be a few residents that might actually have some sort of system that gets them into places on time. Yes. Which is, which is always a, a, a really good advantage. Welcome, Pierre. Good segue. <laughs> Hello, Peter. How are you today? Stressed. Are you? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, dear. Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. well, well, I'm, I'm my apologies for being late. That's all right. We've, we've been say on my tombstone, the late Peter Nilsson. Yes. <laughs> Didn't you like your headphones? No. Oh. Well, I think they turned on. It, you couldn't hear anything. No. Oh, okay. Maybe mm. the uh, it maybe the the, the gizmo at the bottom. Um, how was we've we've had a fabulous discussion and we've only got three minutes left to go. So this is all you get. How was open day? How was open day? Yes. Yeah. What happened down there? It was awesome to tell you the truth. Yep. Mm -hmm. I think we had three hundred people through. Good. Um, it was just amazing. We were exceeded our expectations. Yep. Tenfold. That's yeah. great. That's great. Last year, I think we gave out about a hundred brochures, 
So we had about 125 thinking that's, that'll be enough. Mm-hmm. They went in the first hour. Oh, goodness. Wow. What was your fallback position? Had three buses doing tours of 10 people on each bus, and, and I think I did five tours for the day. So, Very and good. So the other yeah. three. So and what was your demographic like? Is it changing at all? Um, no, not really. No, um, it was what I would anticipate. I've been looking at all the um, the lead forms that were filled in since um, a lot of Melbourne people. Oh, really? Which is unusual mm. for us. Mm-hmm. That used to be the case twenty years ago. Yeah, but not of recent times. But we've been advertising on 3RW. I've heard. Yeah, and... Um, Thanks for that. And, and there were... <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes. My Thanks apologies to 3RWV, but, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people actually heard the radio program on the day and came down because of it. Mm. Oh, so they had their own the radio, radio show? Yes. Or they possibly heard it on the age stage and came down as well. That wonderful because we, promo that I did last week. Yes. yes. I, I'd like to think that had some role in it. Mm. <laughs> sure it because some of our shows have got huge followings in Melbourne, haven't they, Brody? They do. In fact, mm-hmm. you know, on yeah. Facebook is telling us that we're getting, uh, that uh, uh, we have a higher percentage of Melbourne listeners now. That's yeah. great. Than mm. the peninsula, so mm. it's which is bizarre, but that's mm. the way it is. So, mm. Peter, in terms of time spread over the day, when when did most people arrive? Um, they were there at quarter to ten, and we were opening at ten. Mm. Um, and and I had I was there till half past five because a lady drove down from Melbourne, thinking we finished at four and we were supposed to finish at three, and she was particularly cranky that. She couldn't do a tour, so she had a personal tour with me. Oh. <laughs> so she's pretty impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be impressed. <laughs> and that's what you do. Yeah. I mean, so, cer- certainly, so if there's someone there, yeah. you, will, you will give them whatever they need to know. steady all day. Mm. Yeah. Now, we were, we were understaffed. Um, well, I think we could have two or three more staff on, actually. Mm. Yeah, no, so a oh, good well day. Done. We've sent a... Um, an email to all our colleagues in the other villages to ask how they... I don't know how they went. Stuart told me he went pretty well. He was happy. Yep. Yes. Um, so I think it's a great concept, don't you, Stuart? We're yeah, still, I, we're still I do. We're still it's the right thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Compared to the Oktoberfest, the, the, your, your October... Yes, our, our October Which fest, is a national... That, which is a national or a statewide thing, isn't it? Well, it used to be. It, oh, it used to be. be. It used to be. It's Not gone anymore. a little bit oh, out of fashion. Yeah. Ah. Mm. Oh. Why was that? Do we know? Uh, yeah, we do know. Um, it, that was an initiative from our old peak body, which was the RVA, and they haven't been around now for five or six years, and our new peak body um, up until now haven't seen the value in organising that, but I'm oh, thinking okay. that's changing. Mm. Yeah. And we would hope They're so. They're watching us with interest, shall mm-hmm. we say. Mm. Mm. And one of the things we're pondering is whether we invest our time and turn our major day in October bring that forward to March or whatever we're going to do. Mm. You're doing that, are you? Well, we're, we're pondering that. Yeah. You know, that question was raised. Yep. Uh, you know, why are we wedded to October? Mm. And that's simply because that's re- the residents actually chose that date uh, 30 years ago. Really? And, Did they? Uh, and, we, and change occurs slowly in retirement yes, villages. Yes, it does, doesn't it? You don't want to rock the boat too <laughs> no. long. And time runs out quickly, sadly. And with that note, we've come up to our closing time. We... Are we, are we going to get to you next week where we can have a... Nice yes, my sincere apologies. I've That's just, perfect. I was in a meeting and just got out of control. 
And we hope it yeah. wasn't too bad for you. Mm. You're excused. No, it was okay. Yeah. Thank you. And the fact that you came in, in any case, <laughs> yes. shows yes. that you still do love us, even if you do <laughs> spend well, well, heaps I of ridiculous money. We'll catch you this time, same back channel next week. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And welcome back to the Age Stage. My name is Paula Dunn and I'm here today with Brodie Guzay and we have a very interesting guest at the moment, in a moment, Brodie. We do. We have Lara Anderson who is a regional practice lead of Vision Australia. Welcome, Lara. And I need to, to be do, here. Um, there we go. That's a bit better. I had you in in the off position, but <laughs> only as far as we were concerned. <laughs> How are you, Lara? I'm good, thanks. How long have you been with Vision Australia? Um, so I've been here about 18 months. Uh, prior to working for Vision Australia, I worked for the Canadian National Institute for the Blind. Um, so I've definitely worked in this area, practiced for a, a while, for about 15 years, I guess it is, mm-hmm. uh, but with Vision Australia for about 18 months. Okay. And so, Lara, how important are regular checkups and at what age should we be, you know, looking at having them? Um, and I guess... So uh, just to be clear, like with Vision Australia, we deal, we're, um, we provide rehabilitation for people who have low vision or blindness. But um, so on the medical side of things, that's more when you're going to see your ophthalmologist or optometrist for yeah. a regular um, visit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, usually they recommend probably every year to every two years, but that might vary depending on if they already have a condition that's been diagnosed or um, other factors, and certainly if people are noticing changes with their vision, they should um, go in for uh, a visit right away because you wouldn't want to leave things. Um, those regular visits, though, are really important for catching things like glaucoma where there might not be symptoms until it's more severe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it, so when we... Sorry, Barry. No, no, but it, it, people should have a checkup. After 60, would you suggest they have a checkup at least once a year or every two years or something? Um, so it's once, uh, uh, from what I understand, it's every one to two years. Yeah. And it, I would just check in with your optometrist or ophthalmologist and see what they, they recommend because yeah. it may depend a little bit on your family history and other factors. Yeah, so it is amazing. It is amazing how your eyes change as you age, though, isn't it? You oh, know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess I'm going through the stage where I'm uh, uh, having difficulty focusing at different distances. Mm-hmm. So um, all the multiple pairs of glasses or bifocals and things like that. And, um, you know, it's just sort of the beginning of many things that change as you get older. So even if you don't have a diagnosed um, eye condition, there's so many changes that happen to your vision just because of aging. Mm. There's a lot of things like uh, cataracts, which when we were children was probably almost uh, something that you, your uh, elderly citizens just lived with. But the, the, the advances in eye surgery are just extraordinary, are they not? Yeah, for certain, um, because... You know, it used to be, like you said, something you would just have to live with, and now um, most of the time they can do corrective surgery, mm. and, um, you know, some people end up with better vision than they had before. Mm. I mean, some people who have glasses no longer have to wear glasses at certain times because they've been able to correct that when they did the surgery. 
Yeah, that must be so amazing to, you know, have put up with blurred vision and then all of a sudden have this clarity. It must be incredible. Yeah. Um, what other, what uh, eye disease, I mean, other than um, uh, macular degeneration, what are the t- typical uh, diseases that are, uh, when I say common, uh, what I mean by that is that, uh, diseases that are the most well-known yeah, I mean, I guess I can talk a little bit from our perspective yes. as far as the people that come through our doors and often need um, some sort of rehabilitation or assistance. So um, there, um, there's diabetic retinopathy, which is obviously connected to um, having diabetes, so yep. that can be common. Um, retinitis pigmentosa, which is a, a genetic condition where your vision um, gradually restricts so that um, you lose your peripheral vision. Um, macular degeneration, like you talked about. Um, what other thing? I mean, in kids, there's often different diagnoses than what you would see mm. um, in older adults. Um, glaucoma is another one that, like I mentioned before, it can sort of creep up on you and you, mm-hmm. you don't even know it's there, but that's related to pressure in your eye, mm-hmm. um, and that can affect uh, your retina as well as your um, where your optic nerve comes into your eye. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are some of the common ones, but, you know, certainly there's lots of other ones that we see as well. Yeah. And so how would someone find their way to your... Um, department or premises, you know, okay, they've been to the optometrist and their vision still it perhaps is getting worse or they need aid, would they then come to Vision Australia at that point? Yep, definitely. Um, so they can, they can self-refer, so they can call themselves. Um, they can get their ophthalmologist or optometrist to make a referral or another health provider that they're working with mm-hmm. um, will contact the ophthalmologist or optometrist to make sure we get an eye report so we have that information before we get started. We certainly want to know um, medically what's going on and what the diagnosis is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, there's lots of different avenues to to get connected with us, but you know, people can do it directly or they can do it through um, some other means if they want to. Do they come through the My Age Care initiative? Yep, yep, definitely. So other health providers can make um, referrals through that. Um, so if they've had an assessment, if they've called up and they've had an assessment, sometimes it will be flagged that they need more services from us and then they, they can make the referral that way as well. The real thing about Vision Australia is that by the time we are coming to you uh, for your services and assistance, we the, the chances are that we, we are starting to suffer from uh, a, a considerable loss of either clarity or and or vision, and our, and it has it is changing our life. It is making life difficult. Is that the case? Yeah, right. So um, definitely, we focus on those daily activities, and when those things start to get uh, start to be impacted, because mm. uh, that's where we're gonna able to make the most difference is supporting people um, to continue to do the uh, activities that they like to do or try new ones for that matter mm. um, but it might just be in a different way like it might be 
changing things so it's a little bit easier to see with the vision that they have or doing activities in ways that um, they never thought of before, like using the other senses or um, just using different strategies. Mm. So, that's, yeah, that's usually when they come to us. Um, you know, with the kids that we see, sometimes we might see them before they're encountering difficulties so we can um, teach their parents how to set things up for play or other activities mm. so that they don't have, it doesn't have the impact on their development or it's minimized. Yes. So there's some situations where we might do more preventative work knowing that they already have this condition. Well, I, I know when I was young I had lots of operations on my eyes and on one occasion I was kept uh, in either darkness or f- was fully bandaged for nearly three weeks. And I was absolutely astounded, and I was about eight, uh, and I was astounded how quickly the other senses started yes, to do. cut in. Touch, taste, smell, mm. sound. Mm. It was extraordinary. Compensates. Mm. Yeah, it's quite amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you, Lara, for talking with us today. No problem. And we'll uh, talk to you again, I hope, at some stage about what's happening in Vision Australia. Yeah, like if you want some more information about some of the more of the rehab side of things, because, you know, when you're talking about macular degeneration, there's actually lots of interventions that people are doing mm-hmm. um, beyond sort of what the medical interventions are. So. Yes. Well, let's so explore we that. Back. We will. We'll okay. explore that on another date. Thanks, Lara. Thanks, Lara. Thank you. Okay, Zia. Bye. 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 Welcome back to the Age Stage. Uh, we have a very special guest, uh, Gerald Edmonds. Welcome, Gerald. And, Gerald, are you there? Have I lost you? Hello? Yes, uh, uh, here, we again. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Is that any That's better? better? Thank you. Sorry, Gerald. Uh, it's, uh, it's a problem that we have with the desk at this end. How are you, Gerald? Welcome. I'm very well, thank you, Paula. That's great. So, Gerald, you're Secretary Secretary General of the Brain Foundation. What does that mean? Good afternoon to all your listeners, then. It's a pleasure (laughs) to have the opportunity to speak to you. Thank you. Uh, What is the Brain Foundation? Well, it's a unique uh, organisation that was set up back in 1970 by neurologists and neurosurgeons because they were very incredibly busy, as they still are, as you know, with the long waiting lead times to to see them and the amount of work they get through is quite enormous mm-hmm. so uh, they set up a research organization and at the time they called them paraclinicians now these people are now known as neuroscientists and they mm-hmm. cover the incredibly wide range of all of the research activities that occurred looking to our brains now i know all your listeners and your good selves will be pleased to know that you're all billionaires Oh, well, so yeah. I'm afraid the billions are in the neurons in yeah. our brain. There's about 80 of them. Yes, yes, <laughs> there is. And there's a trillion is. connections between them called synapses. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty uh, powerful organism, uh, um, there's no doubt about it. It's amazing, isn't and it? it? And, and it, we don't know, or, or we're told, we're, we're just scratching the surface with what we know about the brain and what it can do and its capabilities. Yeah, the indeed, Paul. Yeah. Um, the... Uh, a lot is known about the brain, but not of it, because yes. the part we're using now is sort of almost invisible, that we think, we speak, we feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not necessarily something that's easy to locate. We know that there are functions that occur, but the bits in between we don't. But mm. I'm sure your listeners are aware of all that. <clears throat> we really want to talk to more about what we do. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. What but is- our uniqueness is that we undertake research in the whole uh, spectrum of brain disorders, uh, injuries, <clears throat> 
and that's a very, very wide field, and, and most other places specialise in just one. But uh, research for research applications in every possible area, and we fund the ones with the most uh, potential to do improve people's lives and uh, to actually see if we can get better treatments and bring them back to health. Is stroke at the top of that list? Second, Brody. Is, is stroke at the top of that list of... It's amongst the list, I can assure you, and yeah. it is there because there's a high incidence. And, yes. Uh, that's some of the things that now, that and other, well, that's not a neurodegenerative one, but the other neurodegenerative ones, and many of them, we believe are preventable. Mm -hmm. And that's where the interest I hope will come from your listeners today, that what can we do to keep our brains healthy? And what can we do, Gerald? Well, now, mm -hmm. now you've got the go now. First of all, it's pretty clear that, that we need a healthy body to keep up our brains. Does the... No, just manage to get drink water. Oh, there we so go. So that... <clears throat> one of the things there is keep the body uh, healthy. And part of that is the to get the heart-lung capacity going well because the brain needs up to about 25% of the oxygen in the bloodstream. Okay. Now, this is something that your listeners can uh, take on board right now and, and your good cells that if we breathe better, we can get more oxygen to our bloodstream. Simple. Mm. And when I ask groups of people to breathe in, they all lift their chest up. Mm. And they say, well, that's a very pretty sight, but it, it's actually compressing your diaphragm. Yes. To breathe in, and those people and your listeners who do yoga or Tai Chi will know that if you let the tummy out, yes, maybe not such a pretty sight, and then you tighten it to breathe in like a breathe out like a bellows. Exactly. So by doing that, you're improving the uptake throughout the whole lung. You're not just what we call shallow breathing at the top bit. So mm -hmm. straight away, you get the benefit of that increased oxygen in the bloodstream, and the brain can function better with that very important fuel, if you like, as part of the process. Mm. Deep breathing is very, is very important. If you do that. The tightening of the tummy muscles is an anaerobic exercise, so your waist has got a chance of getting smaller. <laughs> right. And with the more oxygen, your metabolic rate goes up and you can burn up more of the calories and lose some weight. Now, how good is that? Just sitting there. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. I've been practicing yoga a long time, but I haven't quite noticed that yet. <laughs> but if you work on it, now the other spin-off from that is it's a wonderful way of relieving stress because you focus on just breathing and getting the breathing right when you have spare moments and you should allocate time for this every day at the very least. Mm. And it clears the brain and it's part of the process of meditation. Now that we know can stimulate neurodegeneration, neuro, sorry, neurogenesis, right, which is regrowth of uh, some of those neurons and synapses. So we can renew the brain. With all of that, simply we can do that right now. We're on the way. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good news, isn't it? It is. I actually watched a program with um, Dr. Michael Mosley, and he yes. was—he—he. He, I don't know if you saw it, but he was wired up, and uh, he did some mindfulness meditation, and it showed how the brain lit up while he was doing that, and what was actually happening within the brain, which I find just fascinating. Well, it's something that we need to put on the list that we must really. Uh, dedicate ourselves to like those people who like to run around the block forever yes and they get um, they really get almost addicted to that which is mm -hmm. not a bad thing mm -hmm. but we now know from research that you can achieve a greater heart lung capacity and more enduring by doing 10 minutes at up to your safe heart rate maximum 
Mm. So there's another time saver for you listeners today. We save a lot of time on the fitness time by doing that high-intensity stuff. You could do it just trotting up and down a couple of steps at home mm-hmm. or whatever you choose to do. Yes. Um, so, skipping. So, doing any of those things can um, get the heart rate up in 10 minutes or so, and there you are. You're ready. You're starting to look good. So what uh, are some of the other things that we can do to um, exercise the brain, Gerald? Well, not so much exercise, but next thing we're still doing the field, and that's about having good, healthy food intake. Mm. And we, I don't want to talk about the uh, diets and weight because that doesn't really help much, but shape is the key consideration. I think that get reaches home to most people. We want to improve our shape, perhaps. And the ratio, there's a ratio here now. I, I doubt that you would qualify as this example, but it's your height-to-waist ratio. So if you're two metres high... Your waist should not be bigger than one meter. <laughs> right. So if you can do the sums or the arithmetic from that down, if you're a bit less than that, mm-hmm. uh, if you're six foot tall in the old language, then uh, your waist should be no more than thirty six inches, which is about what eighty centimeters or something. Okay. Oops. Yeah. So that's a very simple measure you can work on with the tape measure at home. You don't have to go off anywhere special. Mm. I don't actually and need the tape measure. I've just got to look in a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it now. The food intake needs to be uh, obviously healthy, fresh. The darker berries and all that, blueberries, blackberries, mm-hmm. strawberries, all Goji those colour, mm-hmm. the dark ones, are beneficial as antioxidants, and that's a very important help for the brain, along with omega-3. Now, omega-3, you can take the, the supplement tablets. That's very good. Um, I use flaxseed oil, which is 60% omega-3, and about 13% omega-6. You need a bit of omega-6, but not much. So, again, think of that ratio. If someone's telling you about omega-3s and 6s all mixed up together, make sure the, the greater component is omega-3. Mm-hmm. Do you get that from fish as well? Fish and eggs, yes. We, ideally, it's wild-caught fish uh, of the uh, more oily ones, you know, the, the salmon and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they're the ones to go for. Mm-hmm. So... That's the sort of type of food intake. And we've got to avoid the refined sugar. That's really bad. Yes, very bad. The saturated fats are out, processed foods are out. And Mm. what do you know? You have to start to be conscious of this and aware. And the hardest thing of all is to change from the old habits. And I must confess, people have told me, well, it was all good, but we kind of slipped back on our old habits. So you have to be sure that you want to keep going and and, uh, keep up the motivation. Yes, I, I, I was. Um, someone said to me the other day they wanted to make a change, and I said, "Okay, well, let's make a small change. How about you change wearing your watch from your left hand to your right hand?" Um, and it, the person did that, and it felt very strange. But I said, "If you do that for long enough, you'll create another pathway." And well, that's so, yes, part of the neuroplasticity. Exactly. Learning, learning pathway, something. But new. this is what happens. We've done that with the toothbrush experiment, and the. The uh, um, leads on the head so that show the lights wake, show, show where the brain activity is. Yes. And if you change to left-handed from right-handed, then the lights all come on. Mm. <clears throat> There's activity, but then after a while they don't. Mm. So the brain says, "Right, I've done that. What else have you got?" Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wanting so to you learn have something. To keep yeah. your brain and yes. things like uh, uh, joining choirs and social activities are very beneficial as well. That brings a uh, the endomorphins are, and it also makes your brain more active because we're social beings and we want to listen and we want to respond. 
Mm-hmm. And that's all part of the process of the brain. Yes, that's now, right. Going back to the diet, though, I didn't mention at the time, but we need to be balanced with respect to being alkaline, more alkaline than acidic, mm-hmm. because the acidic comes from stress and inflammation, and they're all bad, bad, bad for the brain. Yes. So you can actually test your alkalinity after the chemist shop for the test strips. Mm-hmm. And first thing in the morning, pop the test strip on your tongue, and you'll see the reading on the scale. You'll get an idea whether you're waking up on the acidic side of centre or the alkaline side. Okay. Now, we've got to have a bit of acidity in the tummy to digest the food, but it shouldn't be, it should be kept in a balance. Mm-hmm. A bit like a swimming pool. <laughs> yes. Most listeners with swimming pools will know about testing for the alkalinity. Our bodies are the same. We Gerald, need to be pretty much the same range. We could talk to you all day but for hours, hours yeah. about this, and we'd love to get you back on the, uh, on the show at yes, another time. Yes, we would. Uh, but I'm afraid well, I'm just, uh, I hope that I've got a couple of good suggestions. Oh, you have. you have. Yes. And yeah. Something active that you, they can take away, and we'd love to come back with more. Oh, that'd be great. Even more. Fantastic. We will indeed. We'll, be, right. we'll be in touch, and we'll do it again, Gerald. Thank you, Gerald. Thank you very much indeed. Thank Bye you. Bye now. Um, there we go. Yes. Wasn't he interesting? He was very interesting. Yes. Now, just back to that Vision Australia. It's all W's, visionaustralia.org, www.visionaustralia, one word, dot org. There we go. Yes. So thanks, Gerald. That was terrific. We'll talk to him again. Yes, we definitely will. Yes, learn more about the brain. And Lara? Yes, Lara was very interesting. And Vision Australia. Peter got just in and by the post. Peter and Stuart, thank you very much. Terrific. And perhaps we'll see Tom next week. You never, never, never know, know those three, the three <laughs> amigos. They always, and, they, they, and they just know so much about the age space. They do. Fabulous. They do. See you next week. See you next week. Take care. Bye now.